0: Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Uh, That was Ian Dewey and the Blockheads with um, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. That is from the soundtrack to Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Welcome to another Movie Mashup on GFM 107.1. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about uh, I, Tonya with Margot Robbie. And Sebastian Stan, Alison and Janney, uh, Nocturnal Animals from all the way back in 20, oh, 2016? Yeah, 2016, Yeah, and uh, a movie called The Salesman, which is a Persian language movie that was released again a couple of years ago that I've just caught up with this week. Also, we're looking at uh, movies that are on TV this weekend, what's on at local venues, some DVD picks. An update on the Good Robot Andy's. We didn't record a podcast this week because I was taken ill. <laughs> yeah, it is funny now. At the time it wasn't, but I'll fill you in on that uh, later on. Um, that's it, I think. I'm in a very hot studio. It's a bit like a Turkish bath in here. I've got a fan on that's basically blowing warm air at me. That's as pleasant as it sounds. Uh, okay, so let's have some more music. This is from The Guard. And this is... Uh, actually, we're going to have a bit of a, bit of a 70s uh, thing going on here. So the first track here is Middle of the Road, Chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep, it's from The Guard. I think I may have just peaked early for the show this week with that music selection. Um, that was Middle of the Road before Steve Harley. That was Middle of the Road with Chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep. That is from the soundtrack to The Guard. And there, then there was Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel with... Uh, now... Uh, Make me smile, come up and see me in Parathesis. I think that's right. Um, I should have it written down, but I don't. Okay, you can probably hear the fan in the background there. Uh, Okay, so first movie this week is I, Tonya. It's a 2017 American biographical film directed by Craig Gillespie, written by Stephen Rogers. And it follows the life of figure skater Tonya Harding and her connection to the 1994 attack on her rival Nancy Kerrigan. It features interviews with the characters in mockumentary style set in the modern day as well as fourth wall breaking. Uh, that means that people speak to the camera. I'm sure you knew that anyway. Uh, Margot Rubby, who also produced, stars as Harding. Sebastian Stan plays Harding's husband, Jeff Gillooly. And Alison Janney in amazing form, Oscar-nominated form, I believe, uh, plays Harding's mother, LaVonna Golden. This also stars Julianne Nicholson, Caitlin Carver, Paul Waterhouse, and Bobby Cannavale in a very small supporting role. So this came out last year, uh, December the 8th in the United States, so sort of late in the year, sort of Oscar, Oscar season, you know, awards season. Um, it's, uh, it's a really interesting movie. I think that um, it's good to see Margot Robbie um, being a producer as well on this, because she had, you know, there's quite a high stake here for an actor to be playing this role so acting as producer as well is a big deal it uh, it tells the story of of her life from loosely from when she was a young girl and she was effectively physically although although uh, the film does start with um uh, a, a title card comes up. Sorry, I just hit the microphone stand. A title card comes up, saying that uh, this film is based on candid, and often contradictory interviews with all of the main uh, people in the film. So, her mother, her husband, her husband's friend, who uh, claimed to uh, have done work for the people like the CIA, people like that. and Tonya Harding herself, so, and also uh, Bobby, Bobby Cannavale's character, who is a journalist. Um, their stories often contradict each other. That's something that's got out in the open very quickly in which um, Harding's relationship with her husband is portrayed on screen as being quite fiery, uh, occasionally turning into physical violence. And uh, there's a point when she pulls out a shotgun and uh, shoots at him She then turns to camera and says, this actually never happened. So this is the kind of tone that we're looking at here. We're looking at, I'd say, it's quite bright and breezy. It's quite light in tone, even though the subject matter is quite serious. Um, It is a little bit long. It's not one of those things that zips along at a railroad pace, and I kind of wanted it to. I kind of wanted it to be more pow-bang-wallop than it was. Uh, That's not to say that it's not good, though, because... Uh, um, all the performances are great. Margot Robbie is terrific as Tonya Harding. She's got her physicality down to a T. Um, You know, one of the reasons why Tonya Harding struggled so much in the world of figure skating is she didn't really have the physique for it and she wasn't from a background that uh, people could engage with and she wasn't a very engaging personality and her mother is an absolute nightmare. So... Uh, Margot Robbie is terrific as Tonya Harding but Alison Janney as uh, Tonya's mum the first time we see her on film there's a slow motion shot uh, and as as the camera sort of picks her out we start to hear the beginning of Devil Woman by Cliff Richard playing and I think that in somebody else's hands that might be a little bit too on the nose but in this case it's absolutely perfect because this woman is the devil she is irredeemably evil um it's the classic uh parent driving the child to teary distraction until they either crack or they give them what they want uh, terrifying stuff really um i i enjoyed this film i didn't i didn't quite enjoy it as much as i thought i would but it is good uh performances are great um i i maybe it's because i wanted it to be something different i'm not going to start being a a whining man baby but uh i was ex- maybe expecting something different from it than i actually got but that's not to say that i didn't enjoy it. i did enjoy it i think it's good it's definitely worth worth your time if only for um margot Roby and uh allison jenny's performances which are fantastic uh, if you don't know about this story um so Tonya Harding was in, in, uh, had, a, had a rivalry with another, f- another figure skater who'd come from a more conventional background. And this other figure skater claimed that she was physically assaulted by someone before going on to skate and couldn't perform. And uh, the f- the, all the fingers pointed at Tonya Harding, or at least people that she knew, for doing it. That is the basis of the story. It was big news back in the day. It prompted Oliver Stone to go on tv and um really look down his nose at the whole thing and saying you know these people are as important as i am why are we talking about them uh, i guess these days if that had happened it would be everywhere uh, back then when the internet was um a fledgling thing it was still a big story uh, so it's fascinating stuff these you know these people are clearly nuts and uh, the story is 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 interesting um on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 90% uh, with the consensus reading, led by strong work from Margot Robbie and Alison Janney, I, Tonya, finds the humour in its real-life story without losing sight of its more tragic and emotionally resonant elements. That is true. Um, although it is funny and it kind of zips along, it, it doesn't shy away from the tragic elements of it, which are the mother-daughter relationship, which is really messed up. Uh, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't uh, hide hide away from that at all. It's very. That's very effective. Um, and it's rated 15. There's quite a lot of swearing in it and a little bit of violence. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of tracks. Um, the aforementioned Cliff Richard. Now, I haven't heard this in years. Actually, it's actually a good track. Here we go. That was a rather wonderful cover of The Passenger by um, Susie and the Banshees. Well, you might not agree, but I quite like it. Uh, that's from the soundtrack to I, Tonya. and before that was uh, Cliff Richard with uh, Devil Woman also from I, Tonya. OK, next movie this week is a movie called Nocturnal Animals it's a 2016 American neo-noir psychological thriller film written, produced and directed by Tom Ford based on the 1993 novel Tony and Susan by Austin Wright the film stars Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal, Michael Shannon Aaron Taylor Johnson, Isla Fisher, Army Hammer, Laura Linney, Andrea Riseborough, Carl Glusman, and Michael Sheen. And the plot follows a divorced art gallery owner as she reads the new novel written by her ex-husband and begins to see similarities between it and their former relationship. It says that Michael Sheen, you know, and Michael Sheen, but really he's in one scene. Very small role. Um Okay, so it's taken me a long time to get around to this one. I don't quite know why. Um, I think maybe because I thought the subject matter might be a little bit harrowing, although I've seen worse, I uh, have to say. Uh, this is the follow-up to A Single Man. Um, that was a that was Tom Ford's debut movie with Colin Firth that came out in the mid-2000s. It's taken him a while to make another one. I suppose you know, it does take a while to make films. Um, so he is a primarily known as a fashion designer um but he now makes movies as well oh has done for quite, for a while now um so this is an interesting story so it's um it's split into uh two parts well not two not two parts not split down the middle but um the, the narrative is that amy adams is reading this um novel that's written by her ex-husband who's played by jack gyllenhaal and And as she's reading it, the story is playing out in the screen for us. And then it gets broken up by the other story that's happening, the story in New York with her meeting with her husband, also her brother, played by Armie Hammer. Mum, played by Laura Linney. Um, Michael Shannon plays the cop in the story. And Aaron Taylor-Johnson plays a very unsavoury character indeed. Uh, Certainly... I think one of the best performances I've ever seen by him and not, not a pleasant performance at all but certainly I think the best thing I've seen him do since Nowhere Boy, I think. That was quite a long time ago now. Um, uh, so yes, it's split in, sort of split into two um, and the story in New York is glacial and you know beautiful looking and rather sort of fashion-y, you would say uh the the actual n- story in the novel is gritty and um harrowing although i'd say maybe not quite as gritty and harrowing as, as it could be and it has some strange narrative things that it does um, i thought this film was was okay i uh, i was expect well actually was i expecting great things from it no maybe not i was expecting good things from it You know, this is the film that split the Academy's vote for Amy Adams to win Best Actress at the 2017 Oscars Academy Awards um, because she was nominated for this and for Arrival and uh, she didn't win either because I think, you know, basically the vote got split. She didn't win either one. Um, Personally, I think her performance in Arrival is better than it is in this. So I I thought it was good... Um, as I said, it has some narrative issues that maybe because the film isn't great kind of stood out a bit like a sore thumb. Um, there is also the issue that I found the, uh, the story that's gritty and um, dusty and all those things, the actual novel story, to be more interesting than what's actually going on in New York. And I wanted to see more of that than I wanted to see what was going on in New York of, of basically Amy Adams reading a book. And they're looking disturbed. Um, So I'd say not. This film is not an unqualified success. It is good, but I was expecting it to be great, and it isn't. But there are, you know, there are good things going on here. It is um, the performance is good. It looks great, shot by Seamus McGarvey, who's shot very many good movies. Um. I think uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is good, but again, I've seen him in better things than this. I think that Tom Ford has a good eye for a scene. Um, You know, composition is great. It looks good. I think that maybe his work with actors isn't as good as some other directors. Um, And that may not be because of his background in the fashion industry. It's just, just he's not good at directing actors. Some people can just do it, some people can't. Ridley Scott is a good example of a director who's famous for not really directing actors very much. You know, he's interested in what the movie looks like, what it feels like. He expects people to just come along and do their stuff. Um, I might be wide of the mark there, but that's, that is certainly what I've read and the impression that I get from people from working with him. Um, so, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 72%. And the consensus reading, well acted and lovely to look at. It further underscores writer-director Tom Ford's distinctive visual and narrative skill. I'm not sure about the narrative thing. I think that maybe if this was written by somebody else, um, it would have been a better movie. I think the narrative is problematic at times. It sort of, it it asks you to take big leaps and uh, I wasn't really on board with that. So, uh, but you know, your mileage might vary. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, it's, it is a good movie, it's just not great. Um, I'm going to play a track from the soundtrack. This is Serge Gainsborg, Serge Gainsborg with Baudelaire. Oh, that was Serge Gainsborg, that's a very short track. It's called Baudelaire. That is from the soundtrack to Nocturnal Animals, I talked about it just before that. Okay, so final movie this week is The Salesman. It's a uh, Persian language, uh, 2016 drama film written and directed by Asghar Farhadi, starring Taraneh, uh, I'm probably going to take a run at this and get it wrong, but Ali Dusti and Shahab Hosseini. Uh, it's about a married couple who perform Arthur Miller's play, Death of a Salesman, on stage when the wife is assaulted. Her husband attempts to determine the identity of the attacker <clears throat> while she struggles to cope with, with PTSD. Uh, Faradi chose Miller's play as his story within a story based on shared themes. So this is a co-production between Iran and France, and the film was shot in Tehran beginning in 2015. So this is another one that I've taken a while to um catch up with. Um, and uh I was uh yeah I was pleased that I watched it actually. It's um so as the film says, it's based in Tehran. It's uh uh, revolves around a married couple who both work in the theatre. They are currently rehearsing for a production of Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. And um, the husband is playing Willie Loman, and the uh, wife is playing a character called Linda. He is uh, a popular teacher at a local school where the youth joke about him being a salesman. But one night, their apartment begins to collapse, and they flee the building with the other residents. They're desperate to find another place to live. Their fellow, a fellow actor secures another apartment for them where a woman has recently moved out, although she's left all of her stuff there. Um, but uh, So they move in. They move all her stuff out. They move in. One night, somebody comes calling and um, the wife is, um, is assaulted, uh, which leads the husband to try and figure out What was going on? It turns out that the previous tenant was a prostitute who had conflicts with her clients. So the client came calling, thinking that she was still there, but she wasn't. So this is, you know, this is all about you know people essentially just living normal lives in Tehran, getting on with their stuff, rehearsing for a production of Death of a Salesman, whilst all of this other stuff is going on. Um, In tone. It's quite downbeat. It's very naturalistic. It's a lot like um, the kind of stuff that Shane Meadows does uh, or even, you know, sort of the tone of... Uh, I'm trying to think of... Um, uh, yeah, it's coming to me. So it's, it's not, you know, it's not sort of heightened. It's, it's done on a, on a very naturalistic level, one that you can relate to, even though it's set in Tehran um things play out in a way that you might not expect and some stuff happens at the end that is quite shocking but does bring things to a close I can't really talk about any of that because it's a massive spoiler anyway um I was very impressed with this I think the performances are terrific uh it's funny at times it's obviously quite harrowing at times and sad um certainly the relationship between the two the two actors and you know the stuff that they do in normal life is nicely played out in that he doesn't really know how to comfort her or sort of help her through the trauma and she's not really sure of what to say to him to you know to say uh you know there's something wrong with me and I don't know what it is you know she's she's suffering obviously suffering from post-traumatic stress but she doesn't know what that is, and it's an interesting dynamic going on there, plus all the stuff going on with the play. Uh, I really liked it. It's, it's a good movie. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 96% rating, which says it takes an ambitiously complex look at thought-provoking themes, and the well-acted results prove another consistently absorbing entry in writer-director Asghar Farhadi's distinguished filmography. I confess this is the first film I've seen of theirs. Um so uh, I probably need to catch up because I did enjoy it. Interestingly, following United States President Donald Trump's order which blocked entry of citizens from Iran and six other Muslim-majority countries, uh, Ali Dousti tweeted that she would boycott the Academy Awards because it was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film um, in protest at the racist ban. So, yeah, good on her for that. Uh, I liked it. So it's available on DVD and Blu-ray. Has been for a little while now. As is, as are all of the films I've talked about this week, and it's rated twelve. Yeah, that was a goodie. That was um, that was Credence with sinister purpose. That's not one I've heard before, actually. Uh, I rather enjoyed that. Okay, so finally this week is uh, DVD picks. It's quite a packed week, actually. Lots of good stuff out. Uh, first up is a very English scandal, not a movie. But uh, um, a BBC limited series, I think it was a three-part series, that uh, actually starred a, um, a man who I once acted on stage with, Peter Gardner, who plays um, David Steele in a very English scandal. Um, I once acted in a production of Macbeth with him. He was either Ross or Angus, and I was either Ross or Angus, I can't remember which. We were the mumbling Scottish lords. There you go um so that's out uh then also the bridge series four is out on dvd and blu-ray that's a scandi noir um i watched the first series i haven't seen any of the others so i can't vouch for the quality but the first series is very good indeed uh lady bird is out um if you haven't seen that that was oscar nominated saoirse ronan and laurie metcalf i think were both nominated for that uh, the Endless is out. That got a, a good review from Empire. That's just a low-budget sci-fi fantasy. You Were Never Really Here is is out on DVD and Blu-ray. That's Lynn Ramsey's latest. If you don't know who Lynn Ramsey is, you should definitely check out her filmography. She's made some amazing stuff. Um, that stars Joaquin Phoenix as a former Special Forces guy who now does private security, well, I suppose sort of assassinations um, uh, for money and uh, that's supposed to be very good indeed looking forward to watching that and finally Game Night with Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams which um, on paper given the pedigree of the producers and director and folks involved in it should not be good in fact had very good reviews and people said it's very funny so I'm looking forward to watching that as well Those are the DVD or Blu-ray picks. Um, So yes, on to the Good Robot Andes. There was supposed to be, we were supposed to record this week on Monday. In fact, we started recording. We got most of the way through. Um, If you don't know what's happening, in fact, I'll fill you in. So a few weeks ago, we talked about um, the killing of a sacred deer in spoilery detail. And at the end of that podcast, we talked about horror movies in general and how great they are and how much we love them. And uh, we decided to try and compile, or I would try and compile, a sort of top ten horror movies of the twentieth century. I failed to do that. I managed to compile the top thirty seven and then whittled that down and changed some of the criteria and managed to get it down to thirty. And we then decided to uh the next season or series of the Good Rubber Andes would be all about The top thirty movies, horror movies of the of the twentieth century. We started recording that on Monday. We got through, we got almost to the end of the third movie, and uh, I was violently ill. (laughs) I picked up something from somewhere. Um, So we're going to have another crack at that in a couple of weeks, and we'll get season five underway. Meanwhile, there's plenty of other, plenty of other good podcasts to listen to on there. Good episodes, rather. The last one being The Killing of a Sacred Deer. The one that's the most listened to, though, apparently, is our drunken and, I find, very irritating recording uh, of Hacksaw Ridge, which Andy Balaam repeatedly asks me, but what's his position? Whilst I patiently try and tell him what his position is. Uh, So that is our most popular, if you can believe that. I can't. Um, That's almost a show. Uh, I'm off home straight after this to go and watch the football. And, of course, I'm going to lose a movie-watching night next week to more football. But, um, you know, we have to make our sacrifices somewhere. But I'm sure I can probably sneak one over the week- weekend. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. Time to hand over to Ian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.